What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Christian Maz here, back with Mr. Tulani for another episode of Belligerent. So this episode is a little bit different because it's more of a special broadcast. Um, we have a guest today, Mr. D. How you doing today, D? Not too bad, not too bad. Thank you for uh, inviting me onto the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we, I value your, your intellect a great deal. I don't know if I've ever told you, but like every time you post something, I'm just like, yo, like this is, this is a guy who knows what he's doing. You know, he's got a vision. Yeah. He knows exactly where he's going with his life. Why don't you introduce yourself and let the people know what you do and where they can find you and whatnot? All right, cool. Uh, so my name is Dia Alausa. Uh, my Instagram is D-N-A-C-E-Z. Uh, I own a couple of businesses in Calgary uh, in the automotive industry, and uh, I do things along those lines and stuff like that in regards to investments and all that kind of stuff. Go to Mount Royal, and yeah, I think that's enough information about me. <laughs> Yo, that's a big businessman, big businessman. <laughs> and we also have Mr. Tulani here. Yo, Tita, tell the people what's going on. Let them know, baby. Was good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yo, it's Tulani, your boy here, and we back for another episode, and we're going to be speaking bare belligerence today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, today, today really is a different type of episode. I think I won't count it as like a full episode, but, mm -hmm. you know, like an official episode, sorry, but it's still something that needs to be addressed. Definitely. Uh, I wanted to start off a little bit more lightheartedly at the beginning here, just because of the topic we're going to cover, but all that is behind us now and it's mm -hmm. time to jump into the topic. So today we're talking about um, all the injustices that have been going on in the United States and more recently, everything that's going on in Minneapolis and like just all the events that have transpired in the last two months and not even just the last two months, but throughout 300 years of history. Mm -hmm in North America leading up to this point and like everything that's going on. So firstly, I, I just want to know how you two have been handling it. D specifically, like how, how have you been handling everything that's going on? Um, when it comes to the injustice that's been going on, um, I would say right now is kind of the first time that I've really actually spoken up. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of this, these things happening in the States. And I've, I've definitely, you know, reposted and shared some things in regards to it, but this is the first time that I'm actually allowing my voice to be heard and allowing yeah. my opinion to be heard as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I was younger before when things like this used to, you know, go down and um, I didn't really understand if my opinion could make a difference. Yeah. And um, now I realize that the more voices that are heard, especially from the black community, and the more effort we put in as a group and as a community, the more of a difference we can make, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, no, I, like I fully understand. I, I believe truly that that's the case for not just you, but like a lot of other people, mm -hmm. even even those among our community. It's exactly. like, this is the first time that they're really being vocal about everything that's going on. Because like, it's, it's really reached like a tipping point yep. for all of us. Yep. You know what I mean? Like T, what do you... How do you, how you, um, just like D said, you know, this is the first time I'm actually truly speaking up about it. And usually what I do is I usually communicate about this type of stuff within my family, just because, you know, for me, it is a big issue because I do have family in the States still, especially in places like Georgia, where a lot of this also happens and. Mm -hmm. a lot of crime right so i don't know it's it's different you know like being able yeah. to take the stance and just think about what's happening and what's transpiring it just affects me a greater deal than it used to be mm -hmm. used to you know so 100 like i 100 agree with that last comment you just made like in just like just like you guys like i would be vocal about it yeah. and what and what have you but like it kind of reached its limit of like how much I was willing to, you know, take or, yep. you know, for lack of a better description, when, exactly. when, uh, Ahmad Arbery was killed, when, when that video surfaced, I had something inside me just broke. I was unable to just like sit there and not say what I was feeling in that point. You know what I mean? It's Chris, that's exactly how I felt. I don't know what it was about this specific situation, 
but this one just hit different. Now, I'm not saying that the lives of all the other people who have been taken by police brutality do not matter. Mm -hmm. But when I saw this video, this one was something inside of me just came out. This was different. You know, this this time was uh, man. It it was definitely it was an emotional experience for me to see. That's all I'll say. It was definitely emotional. It was just just the blatant disregard for someone's life, regardless of in these situations, a lot of people who are against, you know, like our causes or whatever it may be, like whatever your standpoint may be on it, if you want to stay neutral, which honestly is the same as, you know, being against the cause. Mm-hmm. But like people in these situations like to like to take that and be like, oh, but you you're not looking at like the full facts. What about his past? All this stuff like that. It's like, OK, but look at the facts that are being presented to you in this moment. Mm-hmm. This is a person who does not have a position of power that he's in right now. We're speaking about George Floyd specifically right now. Yes. Right? In this example, this man is handcuffed on the ground. Like what, what threat can, like, he's a big guy. Have you seen the photos of George Floyd? He's a big man. If he really wanted to do damage to these police officers, I promise you, he would not have been on the ground. Yeah. So that means he was compliant to that, to that end. You know what I mean? Maybe Mm -hmm. putting up a bit of a struggle or what have you, but in the end he was compliant. He was handcuffed his hand behind his back, his hands behind his back, chest to the floor, but they found it necessary to kneel on his neck after mm-hmm. the fact like yeah. what 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 do you think he's going to do in that situation with his head exactly this man was on the ground with a police officer's knee on his throat that's 200 pounds at least of at pressure least. on his throat for an excess of nine minutes he could have done absolutely nothing like absolute what kind of harm could he have done in that position like i i truly i tried to understand what was going through that police officer's head 100% but i i i can't think that way because that that's a it's a psychopathic way of thinking because yeah. it's it's outstanding he he really had his knee there like uh, i don't know man it's 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 really crazy yeah. it's really crazy and it's like even that situation with Ahmad Arbery, mm-hmm. like just seeing the way they chase this, this, this boy down. Like yeah. he was, he was a boy. Like, let's yeah. be real here. Yeah. 20, 24, sure. But like he was a boy. Mm-hmm. Chase him down in the street. Two, three grown men, one filming in a truck, two chasing in another truck with shotguns. And hmm. they shot him down in the street. They thought he was robbing the neighborhood that he's lived in. Per, I'm going to assume a greater part of his life. Mm-hmm. And they shot him down the street. Man, that's what they did to him is not even something you would do to a dog, an animal. You wouldn't even chase an animal down the street to, to kill it. They treated him like, like scum. It was disgusting. I saw the video. The way he fell to the ground was so heartbreaking bro it, i don't know really if, you, if you saw the way he you, if you pay attention to how he stumbled how he you really saw the life leave his body that that hit me hard oh man it was it was it truly was heavy and like yeah. even like it when it surfaced like all of this information had surfaced it had been three months since everything had transpired really three months it happened wow. in february and we found out in early May or mm-hmm. April, or late April. Yeah, that's that's definitely another thing that we need to be aware of, that we are only seeing what they allow us to see. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's going on in the justice system. There's a lot that's going on, you know, in the police stations when black men are arrested. There's a lot that's going on that we do not see. Now we're just having this opportunity of having, you know, smartphones and camera phones and stuff like that that are allowing us to, you know, come to see just a little glimpse of what is actually going on in the States to our people. And it's like, it's not even just in the States, you know what I mean? Like we, we like to, yeah, like we like to, we like to generalize it to the States Mm -hmm. and like a lot of Canadians like to use that and be like, oh, but here in Canada, you know, we're, 
we're inclusive, we're all this stuff like that. It's like, yeah, sure, we're a multicultural society, but so is the States. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really no difference between what's going on in the States and what's going on here besides the demographic that it's happening to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've experienced racism here in Canada, not to the, not to the extent that uh, African Americans do, mm-hmm. but I've witnessed Indigenous people in our population yeah. go through what African Americans are going through. You know most, what I mean? definitely, most definitely, most definitely. Like the topic of racism isn't just, you know, uh, exclusive to African-Americans. We need to really look at it much deeper if we want to, you know, find a solution to it. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. <sighs> but like on the, on the topic of like the police and everything, like police brutality, like mm-hmm. it, like, I just want to, understand like what what do you think could be a solution for that like how how do you guys see how do you guys see it okay um personally what i believe is that the black community needs some more people of power that are willing to take up that leadership role mm-hmm. you know we used to have the black panther party where that was what founded in 1966 yeah and um, that has obviously, you know, disappeared. You know, um, I believe some of the reasons that, you know, caused that were, you know, fear. Mm-hmm. How did Malcolm X die? Assassination. How did Martin Luther King die? Assassination. People don't want to take up those leadership roles anymore mm-hmm. because of the fear of what is to happen. But the thing is that, if we stand as a unit and we stand as a team, there's less that they can do. There's more of us than there, there is of them. So what, I'm, what I would think would be the first best solution is to create unity amongst the Black people and the Black community in order to fight against this. Um, right now, like I was asking on social media yesterday, who's the Martin Luther King of today? Who's the Malcolm X of today? Because those are people that are able to take all of that energy, all of that power, all of that knowledge, all the intelligence in the black community and displace them into the right places. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because right now uh, they're rioting, of course, they're protesting. But if they had a leader to show them exactly a strategic way of dispersing that energy, because, you know, yeah, exactly. I saw them they were breaking into target. I'm not saying they shouldn't riot. I'm not a violent person, but you know, rioting right now, that that's something that needs to be done, but target had nothing to do with this. That's my own personal opinion. Target's not the right place to go to, to riot. You know, uh, I'm believing, I believe that government funded facilities need to be, (laughs) I don't want to say destroyed because I don't believe in, you know, using too much violence, but yeah, there's more places that they could have strategically targeted. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to die. I don't want people to get hurt, but I'm just saying in order for their voices to be heard, things like this need to be done. Drastic measures need to be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did go to the police station, but more yeah, governments. It was, yeah, it was burned down. Yes, Five exactly. police stations were burned down. Really? Five police stations were burned down. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that shit. I did not know that either. Um, like I was saying, um, I, but I do know that they went and they looted like uh targets and they did, um, some, even some black owned businesses were affected. That's what yeah. I mean, but that's what I mean by they need leadership. They need somebody to tell them, don't do this, do this. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you don't need to hurt people. We don't need to hurt people, but we need to let our voices be heard. Amen. And now uh, just to circle back to, uh, the uh, Black Panther Party example that you did. It was this. Uh, it was disbanded in 1977. Just for anybody who's who's curious about that. But um, yeah, that's 100 percent correct. Like I I agree with that whole, wholeheartedly. Like it's like when when riots are happening or you know movements are happening without a central leadership, it's mm-hmm. chaos. Like that's that's exactly why you know targets are being burnt down yeah. the way you said. And other things are are happening, and it's just like 
it's just so unorganized. I understand that like all these things are happening mm-hmm. and whatever, but in my opinion, it's just fuel for the fire that people are going to use. Exactly. You know what I mean? the, those who are against the movement, they're going to be like, oh, exactly. but look, these savages, how they move, they're unorganized, they attack whatever, you know what I mean? They don't know what they're exactly. doing or whatever. That's That's exactly why I agree with you that we need leadership. We need, especially people who are already in power, you know what I mean? Like have positions of great influence among the populace and like not just our communities, but all communities, you know what I mean? Um, We tend to, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, we as the black community, we have so much power, we have so much energy, we have so so many ideas. And um, yeah, just like I was saying before, if it is all allocated to the right places, we can definitely make mm-hmm. a change. You know what I mean? We can def- we can 100%. most definitely make a change. It will not be easy. It will not be something that will happen overnight, but it is something that could that could happen. It's, like it's just it's n- nothing happens mm-hmm. overnight. Like that's, that's something that we, we all need to understand. And like one thing that I was going to mention before was that like we as a people, we tend to like, it's great collective. You know what I mean? Stay like, like black people, Africans, African Americans working together, like to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. That's great. But we cannot achieve a goal on our Most, own. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? One thing to understand is that even though all these things are happening, it's easy to find, you know, a thing or group of people to yeah. hate, a scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. But when we fall into that, we become the very thing that we strive mm-hmm. not to be. You know what I mean? You cannot fight hate with hate, it, even though it's easy to. You don't put out a flame with gasoline. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that you don't end injustice with injustice. Mm-hmm. And that's going that's what I truly to, believe. Oh? No, go ahead, go ahead. Going back to a point you said, um, yesterday I found something that was trending on Twitter by actually a basketball coach by the name of Mike Leslie. And he said something like, fires can be put out, buildings can be rebuilt, George Floyd cannot be given his life back. Rights shouldn't happen, Mm -hmm. but they also shouldn't have to happen. As MLK said, rights do not develop out of thin air. If you're more upset about a riot, than a murder, rethink everything. Mm-hmm. Now, 100%. even going back to that, when I think about everything that's going down, like even taking the perspective of just like taking away the racial perspective of it, I think this is absolutely just um, people just abusing their power because when you look at police, their official titles, they're public servants. They work for the people. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're hired to do. They mm-hmm. serve. But if, like, for the example of George Floyd, it was a woman that called the police on him, right? Mm-hmm. And then later she doubled back to say that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have gotten the police involved in the first place. You know, I was just afraid. And that brings me back to something that I was talking to a friend of mine about. And they told me, they were like, well, if we can personally trust the police, then who can we trust? Because if these people that are supposed to protect us and they end up doing this, who can we rely on to be our protectors? You know? So even then, I think this probably even goes above police in general, because when you look at the case of um, the 25, the 24 year old man that was shot down by shotguns, how long did it take for those two people to be brought back, to be brought onto court, to stand in for trial, to be Mm. put in jail for murder. Right. And even if that was the, even in those cases, right. Like, People had to demand for this specific cop to be put in jail in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, before this action was taken. Yeah. Right. Like 
And then I saw people like certain political figures talking about we do need a proper reform about of the whole entire police structure. And then my question is, why hasn't this been implemented before? It took a riot for you to be able to think about this. It took people destroying an entire city for you to think about we should have done this earlier. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and as you guys said, I am not one for destruction of property. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it should ever come to that. I am more of a peaceful person. I should, I prefer peaceful protests, right? Like, and then I look at the people that are rioting and stealing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's something that I don't condone. I, I am all for protests, but I am not for the stealing. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's one point that I also wanted to mention is that it seems like there are some people that are kind of using this riot for their own personal gain. 100%. Because there's, what is stealing a TV from Target going to do for a dead man? Absolutely Mm. nothing. You know, it causes problems. It causes, you know, attention, but there's no reason that you guys should be stealing because then you are blurring the lines between we're rioting for this and now we're, you know, just looking to do, you know, wild out for our own personal gain. So, yeah, I I appreciate you saying that, by the way. Yeah. And like, I feel that, yeah, we could have gone to the point where, you know, them breaking all these police cars. I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's something I can understand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I would personally do it, but that's something I can understand. But as you said, there's no reason for Target to have been involved in this entire thing. And then also along with those five police stations that were burned down, a Walmart was also burned down. Mm-hmm. But for what reason mm-hmm. did, did a Walmart need to be involved in all of this? Yeah. You know, so just looking at it, I'm just like a riot is a good idea mm-hmm. because a voice needs to be heard like voices do need to be heard and mm-hmm. again like looking at it from a broader perspective mm-hmm. not just looking at it racially even though it is hard to look at it like from that perspective because from what we see a black man was basically executed in front of civilians just in on mm-hmm. public ground right so it's very hard to see it from a broader perspective but even yesterday when I was thinking about all of this and then um, my mom was watching this video on on Facebook and she told me it was live and there was a white man that was pinned down onto the ground and he had a spine problem and he was held down, not by the neck, but he was held down on his back with like with this spine problem and he kept yelling out, I have a spine problem, I have a spine problem, you know, and they're using this excessive force on him. Yeah. When is it all going to stop? Because... It's not just what we see it for what it is. It goes even, it could also go even beyond that, where it's just blatant police brutality, where they're just misusing their power and no one can stop them because they think that they can do it all. Because what do we have against them? They have firearms. They can use excessive force. When we try to go against them, they can use that as an excuse. Of, well, he was coming after me, so I you know, have to shoot. I, I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to I just want to jump in right there and bring up a point that always festers in my mind, like that baffles me. It's like, oh, you know, he reached for my firearm or he was coming at me. I'm going to say this right now, and I want this to be the last time. I hope, I wish it would be the last time I would have to say this, but I'm, I'm probably going to have to say it again another time. No person of color in their right mind would ever think or even have it in the back of their mind to reach for someone, especially a Caucasian with a firearm in their hand. None. 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 One of the arguments that the McMaster's uh, father and son who killed uh, Ahmad Arbery were like, oh, he reached for our shotguns. You have two shotguns on a young <laughs> black male. You really think he's going to reach for your shotgun? What type of Hancock type bullshit do you think this guy is on? Yeah. Like, are you mad? They wanted to kill that man. They had that mission 
from the beginning that they wanted to kill that man. Like it, you know, it doesn't make any mm. sense to me. I felt my life was in danger. He reached for my firearm. He had a mm-hmm. firearm on him. Years ago, when they had the crack epidemic in the United mm-hmm. States, they would shoot black people in the street for, you know, same reasons as today. And then they would sprinkle crack on their bodies after the fact and pretend yeah. that, oh, you know, they were on a crack high, a crack rage or whatever. And they came for me. So I had to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, mental. Like it, it, it drives me mad. It's, it's definitely upsetting. It's definitely upsetting. And you're totally right when, when you say that, um, no black person in their right mind would reach for a person's gun like that. I don't believe that. I mean, there's so many other lies that are, we are being told that we don't know of up until today. There's a lot of hidden things that are going on that we don't know of up until today. Like it just, it just baffles me. Mm-hmm. But I want to move on to the second point since we're on the, you know, topic of like talking about police brutality and everything. Like, do you guys believe that it's just white cops? Like, what's your um, standpoint on that? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, like, it's just white cops. Like, the, a the lot of the focus is on Caucasian, like, police officers. Okay. What I'll say first is that we need to understand that this is a fight against racism and not mm-hmm. a fight against white people. Yes. Amen. White, I would definitely say that, you know, according to the statistics, according to what we see in the media, that it's definitely been, you know, the white cops that have had more of a play in this. Mm. However, we also need to understand that, look at um, George Floyd, who was protecting that white cop? It was an, it was an Asian man in front of him. Mm. There was so much that that Asian man could have done. And so far, up until now, I haven't really heard what is being done uh, to punish that uh, Asian cop. It's uh, being said that they want him to, uh, what is it, come before the court or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not yeah. too sure if it's going to happen. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Do you guys think that he's at fault, or do you think he plays any fault in this? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. Go ahead. Do you do your point? I'll do my last. I believe that because again, this is a conversation that I've had many times now where people ask me this. And I believe that if you have the ability, especially if you're a cop, if you have the ability to be able to stop one of your colleagues from doing something that you seem is wrong, that you believe is wrong, pardon me, and you do nothing about it, then you are just as fault. You are just as at fault as the person that did the deed in the first place because when you look at the person that um was involved in uh the shooting of aubrey right he he was just behind the camera just following along mm-hmm. he could have he could have done something yeah. about those two called the cops beforehand yeah. you know done something about those two mm-hmm. and now he's being charged with an associate like association to the crime right because Again, he was there. He witnessed the whole entire thing. He did nothing, and he videotaped it on top of all mm-hmm. of it. And yet, and yet, he also claims to be innocent and not involved in the case. You are as guilty as the people that were involved. I'm sorry to because you can't do nothing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, with that being said, what do you think about the black people who recorded the murder of George Floyd? Exactly. I was about to. I was about to comment on that too. Now. That is a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have, like, I think my thoughts on it are the same as the people that have been commenting on it as well, is that in that position, I don't, like, I don't believe you can actually do anything in that mm-hmm. case. And the reason why I say that is if you, if, believe me, especially, like, if I was there, I probably, I would want to do something, but I, I know I wouldn't be able to just because I would fear for my own life. If I was to rush out there as a black man mm-hmm. 
to be able to help this guy. And just if I'm basically trying to shove, not even shove the police, but talk to them and be like, if you try to stop what we are doing, which is an act of justice, then we will have to condemn you as well. Detain you, you put know, you on out, trial as well. Put you on trial for for just trying to help out, you know? Yeah. And that's what I believe. That's the situation. And pe- if people were just to rush in out there, then again, you're looking at it like, well, he was trying to come at me. So I had the opportunity to just, yeah. you know, put, put a gun to his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Personally, so I, so go ahead. Sorry. So to me, it's, it's a very difficult situation to be put in. And I, I am all for one for the people that were able to actually capture this, like to capture all of this on video, because as much as I personally don't like social media, this is one of the times when I'm like, this comes in handy because stuff like this can't, Mm. cannot be like, you know, it just can't be put to the wayside. Mm. Definitely. Go ahead. Um, What I was going to say is that those guys are standing there kind of saying that there's nothing that they could have done, but I feel like if it were to be their father or to be their uncle or brother, they would have done something because if somebody is about to kill my dad in front of me. Oh man. Oh yeah. Exactly. So it shouldn't be that that moment that, oh, because he's not my blood, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to record because I'm not recording my dad getting killed. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I'll make it. You know, sometimes this is, you know, this is what has to be done. Like, I'll make it known that I'm unarmed and I'm harmless, but I have to prevent you from killing my brother. You know what I mean? I'll try to do it in the most nonviolent way or try to get other people involved. I'll make a ruckus. I'll call the whole community out. Come and see what is going on. Nine minutes, man. Nine minutes on his throat. Like I could, I can't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm impulsive. I don't know, but I can't, I can't watch that. I really can't. I couldn't even watch the video properly, not to talk of watch it. You know what I mean? In person. Like you have yeah. to watch it with your hand over your mouth, mm-hmm. with a heavy heart, like your soul. You, it, it was just too much to bear to watch. And I 100% agree with both you and Talani on that standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here and also kind of give a more logical side to it. But like mm-hmm. on Talani's side, you know what I mean? Like it's, it really is like up. A thing of circumstance, you know what I mean? Like in the case of the man who was charged in the Ahmad Arbery uh, case for filming, right? Like obviously those aren't those aren't police officers, you know what I mean? Even though they were claiming to make a a citizen's arrest by shooting this man in the street, and like he was still filming those, he knew those men on a level that was you know past professional, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those weren't people of authority. Those were his friends. But in the instance of George Floyd, these are two police officers. Yeah. One of them obviously yeah. has a blatant disregard for human life. So approaching in that instance could have resulted in their, in their death. You know what I mean? And like, definitely it's all about, you know, self-preservation and whatever, like it's really psychological deep seated. But at the yeah. same time, I agree with you, D that like, it shouldn't be that way. Like it shouldn't be that, oh, because, you know, I'm scared in this instance, or I don't know this person on a personal level, I shouldn't do anything. It should never be that way. Mm-hmm. Like when you were talking about, oh, if it was my father or my brother, 100%, there was no, like, I would even go so far as to say the hand of God couldn't stop me from doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it shouldn't be that way. But at the same time, the grim reality of it is that some of us, mm are just like don't have the fortitude for it the yeah. same way that some of us would yeah. have the fortitude for it. Cause there are plenty of examples of, you know, people in these instances going and helping. I've even seen uh, people like Caucasians or Asians or whatever helping in this instance, but it's difficult to tell, especially when it comes to the human mind and what some people and other people are willing and will not do. 
Yeah. Know what I mean? No, it's, it's definitely a scary thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I could only imagine how scary it is to even be there right in front of a murderer. You know, it's, it it wouldn't be something easy to do. And that's not what I'm trying to make it seem like, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying that I, I think just, I wish something more could be, could have been done because that's somebody's son, Mm -hmm. you know, that's somebody's friend. That's somebody's dad. Like it's, it's just too hard to kind of watch a precious life. Like, this is something that cannot be duplicated. You took this man's entire life, his, his entire life. Like he is gone and he is not coming back. It is over, done. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just for somebody to feel so comfortable to take a life in front of others. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched the video to the end, but he walked away without any remorse. He, he walked away proudly with his back straight and his eyes straight up. Like he was okay. He was fine. He didn't have, he was not like sad or anything like that. He walked around. He was cool. He walked mm-hmm. around like a, like a macho. So like, like I did my civic duty. This is what I, this is what I did. You got a problem mm-hmm. with it. Like you can't do anything. Look at me. Look yep. at me. Yeah. Like, but with like that being said, like, I, is that your guys' standpoint on the whole issue of recording someone's final moments? Because that that right now is a very big topic. Like, hmm. should should the final moments of someone be recorded in these instances? I'll speak Un- last, but I want to hear you guys. Unfortunately, one hundred percent yes. Because if that was not recorded, we would not know. Mm-hmm. And there's probably Mm. plenty of other situations where this has happened that have not been recorded that we do not know about. Mm. It has to be recorded. Unfortunately, nobody wants to see their family member dying in the streets under the knee of a police officer, but this is something that we must see in order for a change to be brought to light. I a hundred percent agree as well. It's unfortunate that it has come to that, but I think in the age of social media, I think this is the time where we can actually get true justice because things like this can't be escaped because it's out there, you know, as much as uh, news channels try to hide it, as much as the governments try to hide it, this is, it's out there for the public to view and it's out there for them to make up their own minds about the situation because there was a similar situation like this in 2015, I believe. And again, um, there was a man that suffered from a spinal injury and he died in uh, the custody of uh, police officers. And the charges that were against him were eventually dropped. The man that died well, in I mean, custody of the serve, police officers and for those charges your got... life isn't there any longer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they were found to be false like everything that the police held against them they were found to be false completely and no one ever saw what happened while the police had him in his in their custody right and all we heard was he just died so again i think this is just one of those situations where it's like it's unfortunate to say but I think we need to be exposed to the truth of what's really happening because how else can we speak up about it? Like, Oh man. Like one on, I, I agree. I agree with like both of you 100%. Like it's, it's the whole idea of like turning someone into a martyr. You know what I mean? Like, as much mm-hmm. as much as it's like terrible to watch someone's life be snuffed out before your very eyes i've said it before and I, I tweeted about this but we as a people as human beings we we don't believe something until we can see it you know what i mean mm-hmm. especially in our modern day society like with all the cameras and everything that we have like everything can be seen everything Things that were never documented in like, you know, thousands or hundreds of years ago, or even centuries ago, and now you can search them up on the internet. Yep. 
So if you can't see it, it probably hasn't happened. So I, I hate that they're being recorded, but I know why they're being recorded. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. And that's just, um, there was a situation in Toronto that I heard of. Yes. A, a lady was thrown off a balcony. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that were to be recorded. Yes. That would be a horrible thing to see. But now that it's not, mm-hmm. now that it wasn't recorded, like within a few mm-hmm. days, that situation is going to be gone into the wind. They've already started trying to covering it to cover it up as a suicide. Exactly. You see, like it's much easier to manipulate the story when there isn't hard evidence. Because if that man George, if his situation was not recorded, they would have they would have switched it up. They would have manipulated the story, and that man would still be on his shift right now. He'd be working right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, recording is definitely something that unfortunately needs to be done needs to be done if you can't help then you record if you can't help physically then you record how can people help though like how can people help how can people help because i see actually i got off a phone conversation like two days ago with Mm -hmm. one of my friends she just happened to be caucasian in this instance but she was asking me like i feel like for me to speak right now like my point would be irrelevant because I'm not black. You know no. what I mean? No, like, no, no, no. How can people help? And specifically, like, because I feel a lot of, a lot of like Caucasians, a lot of white people I, are like conflicted yeah. in the situation about like, should I be speaking? Like, I feel <laughs> like, I feel guilty. Like, I, I just want to say one thing. You, sh- you shouldn't feel guilty for the crimes of other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, be, be, the version of the group you represent that you want to see, you know what I mean? Be the change you want to see. That's all that you really need to understand there. Yeah. Understand that your position has power and what you can do with your position. That's all. You don't have to yeah. feel bad about being white or not yeah. black. Of course not. This don't is feel bad. Uh, it's sad because it's sad because like just the select few just make a whole entire race seemingly bad, but that's not the case at all. It's just the actions of a certain few doesn't reflect the whole entire race. Like Mm -hmm. there's definitely been some shady black men and we have, we know that. Right. So Mm. we're not saying that like, this is an issue for everyone because it's not going to just stop at black men you know and as i alluded to earlier this has happened already to a white man that had a severe spinal injury as well so of course yeah this is a situation that involves everyone that's that like goes back to what it needs to be addressed something needs to be done against white people it is a fight against racism. It is a fight against police brutality. Um, there's no reason for white people to feel bad for being white. It is something that is out of their control. And even mm-hmm. if it was in their control, that doesn't mean they would need to change their race because a select few are doing things that are totally inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It happens to black people as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some black people out there that are not the best people out there, but that does not mean that we need to be gunned down when we're pulled over. And it goes, you know, this... Same thing for white people. That doesn't mean that we need to judge them for being white, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't believe uh, any of us are doing or there, there could be a few people doing that, but I don't think it's appropriate. 100%. Like, it's it's exactly that. Like, you don't, don't feel bad for being white the same way you shouldn't be ashamed to be black. You know what I mean? Like, don't... The... The transgressions of your ancestors mm-hmm. are not your transgressions. Mm-hmm. You don't own a slave, so don't feel bad that slavery. Well, like, uh, yeah, feel bad that slavery happened, but don't feel <laughs> that it was your fault. Exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. Just like how there are some of us, like African Americans, or even just just minorities in general, who 
give us a bad reputation. We are not all delinquents. We're not all dangerous. We're not all drug addicts. We don't all steal. We don't all... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we don't glorify gang violence. We claim to be in the hood. Not all of us are like that. You know what I mean? It's just the reality that some of us were dealt with, and it's just how some of us chose to, you know, interpret our situation and our circumstances. And at the end of the day, like, what you can do to make things better is be vocal. Don't don't let your specific circumstances or your position be something to deter you from trying to make a difference. Yeah. See, uh, now when you said the what, one of the things you could do is be vocal, do you think there are any other things that we could do to help the situation? What else can we do other than just create awareness? Because I've been creating awareness. You follow me on, on Instagram. I've been mm-hmm. creating awareness. Like, I can't sleep. I, I cannot sleep. Well, I, I feel you. And I'm creating awareness, but it makes me feel weak. I, I It's kind of like that Twitter fingers talk. Like, yeah. it makes me feel weak. All I can do is spread awareness. Everybody who I have on Instagram has seen what I post. What's next? What is next? Like, what do we do after? Like, okay, people know. Now what? What do what do we do next? Because it's not only about people knowing. It's 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 out there. People know, but now what? People know about all the other black men who have been killed to the hands of police brutality. But what do we do now? That's the question. I wish I had the answer to it. Like I know. wish I did too. Right. Like there there are plenty of causes out there. You know, mm-hmm. plenty of charities or whatever. Which I don't know if they're legitimate. I, I honestly, like, if someone can explain to me, like, the benefit of a charity or whatever, raise all this money, like, I, I'd, I'd really like to hear it. Cause in my personal opinion, I don't, you can raise as much money as you want, but money won't, you can't, it's not, racism isn't property. It's, it's not yep. a tangible thing. You can't buy racism yep. and then, you know, destroy it. I, I honestly have no idea what a charity would do. I don't have much knowledge on what those charities um, missions are, but Mm -hmm. if I were to say what I think they do is maybe donate money for funeral cost for Mm -hmm. what, you know, like that's not helping. It's really not helping. That's the aftermath. That's what I would think. That's the only thing that money could go towards because we're not paying off the police not to kill us. Exactly. Like this isn't, this isn't a mafia transaction. (laughs) <laughs> like you don't go yeah. to a police precinct and be like all right is this month's quota <laughs> exactly. don't kill any more negroes thank you yeah <laughs> like it doesn't it's, work that way exactly it's not i don't believe it is something money can fix maybe there's something they have going on i have no idea mm-hmm. but i don't think this is something money can fix this is a uh, mindset that needs to be fixed mm-hmm. and these like, are yeah oh no go ahead these are actions that need to be fixed. Um, this is something that needs to be put, you know, in the police training program mm-hmm. that needs to be fixed. Because if you are fearing for your life towards an unarmed black man, then maybe you shouldn't be a cop. You know what I mean? Why are you scared of black people? How's the, how's the connection? <laughs> Better now. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was bugging bad. Let's, let's wait for D to come back. Wait, did it bug for you too? Oh man, it just started going ape shit. She was going like, it was crazy. Nah, mine, mine just like, it just dropped. Yo, <laughs> yeah, you I disappeared. Like, I was just like, oh damn, okay, shit. Yeah, mine was like bad. Yo, it was like, bugging. Oh, D, he's returned. Did you guys crazy. get disconnected too? Or was it just me? No, oh, it was it was all of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Maybe oh, there's I, a time limit on it. Oh, but. okay. because <laughs> uh, we, we reached uh, 50 minutes, 55 seconds. I don't know if that's a time limit. That's oddly specific for a time limit. That's yeah. so specific. No, <laughs> yeah. but even then, like, I think I started bugging 
before it even reached 50 minutes. Like, yeah, you dropped out 10 minutes before everything else did. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought you, I thought you had to go or something. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't no, for sure. real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, okay, maybe you got to go. That's crazy. I thought I was still there. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, but, oh, well, man, where were we before? I just want to ask you real quick. Do you need to do another sound test or no? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I've, cool. I've got everything. Cool, Don't cool, worry. cool. Perfect. But, uh, yeah, where, where did we leave off? We're talking about... I remember we were talking about that example with the, oh, yes, we uh, we were talking about how police officers were trained to deal with, like, mm-hmm. you know, situations where things were getting a little bit out of hand or whatever. Like, to fear for your life in a situation like that as a police officer, like, don't don't get me wrong. I understand that. You are in, like, a dangerous position all the time as a police officer. And for those police officers who do their job and do it the way they were taught to do it. Thank you. Like your service is so yep. greatly appreciated. Like, thank you for doing your civic duty the way you were intended to. Yeah. We are talking right now about those police officers that are, you know, abusing their power to the fullest. Like I said before, there was like the video of that police officer brutalizing this young girl like tossing her around on the curb. I'm pretty sure she sustained like head trauma after the Mm -hmm. fact and like, you know, damaged her ligaments and all that in her arms and her shoulder because this police officer who is probably five times this girl's size (laughs) was yanking her around. Yeah. I I was watching the video. I initially thought she was a girl. I think it might've been a guy because she was just so small. Mm -hmm. It'd be easy to, to mistake. I think it was a guy, but you know, I could be wrong, but this man gave her shots to her or his rib so many times to her head. He pushed her head into the ground, threw her to the curb, flipped her around. He was like beating this person. Like it was a full grown 300 pound, six foot nine man. Like he was destroying this person. It was very hard to watch. Like I, I don't understand because there's no reason why you need that much force. You know what I mean? Like to what end? There's no reason you need that much force for an unarmed child. This was, the person was 14. 14. 14. 14. So my question here is that why is it that so many of these guys aren't like, thoroughly checked over like police officers right because i was talking to chris to chris about this yesterday i believe mm-hmm. when i was like why isn't there some sort of like vetting. vetting system where they thoroughly look over the character of this person because that's what vetting systems are for it's not necessarily for you to like get the job but it's to determine like what type of person you are mm-hmm. and if you are fit for the job mm-hmm. right so why isn't something like that implemented in place? I know that there's a police academy yep. that people have to go through and graduate to be able to be called an officer. Mm, but yes. I feel like there should be a step above that where you make sure that this person is fit to be a police officer because there are certain lines that can be crossed and a yep. lot of them really do. Because for me, when I look at it, I had an, I have a late uncle that was, uh, was in the army. Right. Mm-hmm. And he could have used excessive force on so many civilians all the time if they were picking on any of his family members, but he decided not to. Right. Mm-hmm. And military people are trained for certain special circumstances. Right. Yeah. And again, he had that ability to choose not any force on any, like anyone, period. He was a gentle man, actually. Mm-hmm. And when you look at um, uh, MMA, they're described as what lethal weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could, like, if they got into any fights with anyone just randomly, they could potentially kill any one man. But they held, they hold themselves back because they are their understanding of what they are capable of. Yep. 
so why don't police look at themselves in the same manner? Why are they just considered different? You know, why don't they hold themselves to those same responsibilities that all these other people hold themselves to? You know, I feel like if you're a police officer, there should be a standard Mm -hmm. in which you go about your business. I think, you know, so go ahead. I'm just, it confuses me. That's it. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, I think the statement you've made is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is something that happens over time. I don't think police officers go into, you know, the force with the full idea that I just want to go out, feel powerful and start to kill people. I think it is something that happens over time, mm-hmm. over the years of having that job. You start to feel more powerful. You start to feel more on top as a police officer. So I think that's how it kind of it's something that happens. It's not a one day thing. It happens over time where that sense of empowerment is instilled. It, it, it's instilled and it turns toxic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think it's uh, when they, first of all, you know, get into, you know, being a police officer, I think they go in with their mission, the correct mission. This is what mm-hmm. I believe. This is my personal opinion. I may be wrong. And I think it's something that just, it happens over time where they turn into those nasty um, murderer cops that we see today. It's yeah. not, it's not something that just happens, you know, that quick 100% and like mm-hmm. it's that I'd like to make the argument though on top of that that mm-hmm. it's that it's that whole idea of like nature versus nurture you know what I mean for them mm-hmm. to go in there and be so easily swayed into that method of you know mm-hmm. action of like conduct right there had yep. to have been that there had to be a seed you know what I mean mm-hmm. all things don't happen for no reason yeah. they're all caused by something and for these police officers to come into uh their the uh you know the force right and then become what they become you know for whatever circumstances may happen for them to you know take those negative parts of their personality of their being prior to them becoming a police officer to yes. the point where they become murderers you yep. know what i mean it mm-hmm. has to have been there prior yeah. But at the same time, I do agree with you that it's like they all come in there with, you know, I'm doing something right. Yes. I'm doing something right here. But at the same time, under that, I'm doing something right is those things that were taught over time. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. Over time, they built up those mentalities. They might have suppressed them, you know, to be accepted mm-hmm. into society better, whatever it may be, but they suppressed them. And then they got that power, just like you said. Yep. And that power was fertilizer for those negative. Exactly. Like, yep. I love the way you put that. That's definitely, definitely a, a very good way to put it. And, and another f- thing. Yeah, uh, go ahead. And the, for Talani, what you said about mm-hmm. like the vetting process, that's a bit difficult because we're liars. <laughs> yeah. No, but the thing is, right, um, when I say that, it's uh, more, <laughs> I understand, people, <laughs> there are liars in this world, that's um, I've been through a vetting mm-hmm. process, so I kind of understand the process of how it goes by. So the thing is, when you go through a vetting process, it continually, continuously attacks your character as to get to who you are it's kind of like you know when you're held in not saying that i've been caught by the police or for anything i am clean but yeah when you watch the shows and then they interrogate people right and continuously asking someone the same questions over and over and over again but not like directly one after the other they kind of let it fester they leave that person by themselves and then they always come back until like the truth spills out right and that's kind of what a vetting process is like they want to see if yeah your morals continue to be the same that's why it's kind of like extended to a certain period of days they want to see if you are really a man of your word and if you are true to what you're saying that your character is 
That's what I mean by a vetting process. Now, I'm not saying it could potentially work in the police. Like, however, that system is set up. But something similar to nature where you can actually kind of understand the underlying people of the people that are working for you. You know, but if, if the people above you mm-hmm. are corrupt, then I don't think that matters at all. You know, because... If the person that is hiring you is corrupt, that look at the rest of the policing, that's probably going to be corrupt as well. So that's why it's definitely important for all these bad cops to be taken out because they are capable of corrupting other police officers who may have a good mission in mind. You know what I mean? And it's not even that, oh, but like, how do you know who are the bad cops? Complaints are filed against these bad cops. Mm Like there were, I think, 14 or like between seven and 14 different complaints filed against the officer who killed George Floyd. Exactly. But he was never removed. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can argue that, oh, you know, she was... Those those instances were just people who didn't understand the protocol of like what a police does or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they were they were just looking at it from a bystander's point of view. You know what I mean? But in huh? But fifteen times nine. Yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but fifteen and on times top of that, man, like police I, protocol. And I'm not I'm not a police officer. Don't take what I say as fact. Take it as opinion. But you know, well, well-founded opinion, opinion that is educated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say here that police protocol for using lethal force is that it is the last resort. Yeah. Last resort. Yeah. Like police officers have arrested mass murderers. And those mass murderers were not killed. School shooters. In most of those cases, the school shooters kill themselves. If they don't kill themselves, the police shot them in non-vital areas to detain them safely. But George Floyd had his neck crushed for nine minutes. I believe three minutes, three of those nine minutes, he was already unconscious. So... He was of no harm, literally of no harm whatsoever for three minutes of those nine minutes. Like, imagine that. No, no go ahead. I, sorry. Continue. I actually saw um, an ex-police officer talk about this certain situation. Well, what he said was that they are allowed to police officers they are allowed to pin you on the ground but the pressure that you Mm -hmm. put is supposed to be applied to your back not to your neck because apparently this is a situation that has been talked about before and this is what you don't do so the pressure they apply is to the back and when is deemed as unnecessary to proceed to do it any further that's when you lift that person up and then put them in a comfortable position Mm -hmm. so that they you know revitalize themselves so they don't permanently get injured or anything lethal of that manner this police officer this ex-police officer said like 100 this was just straight up murder that's what he said. He was just, this was just unnecessary murder. But yeah, uh, I want to start wrapping this up because I don't want it to get too yeah. long. It's going to, I want, I want to release this by, by tomorrow or whatever. But yeah, okay. like this was a great conversation, guys. I feel like yeah. our points were really well put together for being improvised on the spot. Actually, I got a greater appreciation for both of you out of this conversation, mm-hmm. but Honestly, for those of you who are listening, if you feel like you can't do anything in this instance, don't feel that way. That is like, like it's, it's, it's not helping anybody. 
for you to not say anything. It would be better for you to say something than to say nothing. You know what I mean? Even being neutral, like being neutral, that's you're being disingenuous. Yep. Definitely. Like don't don't stay quiet. Be vocal. If you feel like you can do more, research on on what you can do. You know, make sure that it's credible mm -hmm. in those instances. If they're asking for money, of course, make sure that it's credible. Find out what the money is for in the end. But do something. Something is better than nothing. Exactly. Uh, so we have been your hosts. I'm Christian Mez. I'm here with Tulani. And we had a special guest today, D. D, if you want to let them know one more time where they can find you and what you do. Oh, yeah. So um, you can find me on my Instagram. It's D-N-A-C-E-Z. That's most of my uh, social media handles anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like Chris was saying, I appreciate all you guys for coming out and listening to this topic. And uh, thanks for inviting me to um, kind of spread my opinion on the topic as well. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can follow me at the Chris Yamez on Instagram. On Twitter, you can follow me at one and only SSN. Uh, you can listen to other episodes in the podcast at Belliger Rant on Spotify, Apple streaming platforms, and pretty much anywhere else where you can listen to podcasts. Once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Stay strong.